We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. Your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com podcast. Plenty to talk about. We are recording this Monday night live. We are four weeks from today away from preseason action for the Los Angeles Lakers. I can't wait. Maybe it's just because it's been so long since we've seen the Lakers play. Didn't make it into the playoffs last season. That was awful. But maybe the separation, the amount of time that we've had, between then and now the the wounds have healed a little bit now I'm eager to get out there and watch some Lakers basketball once again let's hope that this coming season is better than the last season that's uh not too high of a bar to clear I know but still I'm excited four weeks away from actually getting the Lakers back out on the floor we're gonna have training camp coming up we're gonna have mini camp LeBron James organizing a mini camp again we've got a little bit of news about that to talk about today before I dive into everything though obviously it is a solo show just me never really just me it's me and all of you so if you're joining me from youtube from facebook from twitter welcome in i'll be taking your questions and comments throughout the night if you're listening to the podcast version of this and even if you're not even if you're watching the video version make sure you go over to apple Podcasts, subscribe give us that five star rating and review but again make sure you hit that subscribe button really helps with our ranking with our ranking within apple Podcasts and everything else so make sure you do subscribe to the LakersNation.com podcast we really do appreciate it. All right, lots to get into today. Let's start things off with the Mark Stein report that Russell Westbrook would be in attendance if LeBron James does indeed hold his minicamp. Now, we heard, gosh, it had to be a month, maybe more ago, that LeBron James was indeed going to, to hold a minicamp again where the players all get together, spend a few days together working out, things of that nature. They've typically done this in Las Vegas, but this year the word was that they weren't going to go to Las Vegas. There was some buzz that maybe they would go to San Diego. Nothing concrete yet. I haven't heard exactly what they're going to do for minicamp at this point, but uh, a minicamp would be, I think, a good thing for this team. There are so many new faces, just like the past few seasons. seems like every year the Lakers are just about assembling a brand new team, which is probably worth a little bit of criticism in an NBA that has consistently rewarded having that kind of chemistry, having that kind of cohesiveness when you keep the core of your roster together year after year. Instead, the Lakers are constantly flipping out parts. But let's face it, there was no running back last season's roster. That had to be blown apart. But the big news about this was that Russell Westbrook would indeed be in attendance. And I saw a lot of Lakers fans who were frustrated with that because the news that they were hoping to hear was Russell Westbrook will not be in attendance because he's expecting a trade, right? That's That's what... I think Lakers fans were hoping to hear, not all, some Lakers fans are, are happy to have Russell Westbrook back, but I think a lot of Lakers fans were looking to see a trade and we're looking to hear some kind of news that Russell Westbrook would not be in attendance at this mini camp and instead that there would be a focus on a trade. This doesn't mean that a trade isn't going to happen or that it can happen. And in fact, I think that this is the best case scenario. If there's going to be a mini camp, what you don't want is Russell Westbrook and LeBron James are still unhappy with each other and Russ isn't going to show up. The reason why you don't want that is because it only serves to diminish any leverage that the Lakers might have or might not even have 
in trade negotiations. It doesn't help you there. So if you're hoping for Russell Westbrook to be traded, him no-showing minicamp isn't a good sign for you. That's not a good thing. But it's also because there is the possibility, and it's growing every single day, that the Lakers have to start next season with Russell Westbrook on their roster, that they simply can't find a trade. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Jazz trade tonight, and there's some things that we can get into there. Maybe some things rumbling, nothing concrete, nothing verified, but there are some things that we can talk about there. But if the Lakers do start the season with Russell Westbrook on the roster, you want him to be successful. I want Russell Westbrook to be successful. You want everything to get fixed. You want him to buy in to what's going on in Darvin Ham's system. You want him to set screens. You want him to defend. You want him to do all of the things that he was not able to do last season. Hang out in the dunker spot, be effective shooting the corner three, all that kind of stuff. Make that leap into being the player that we were hoping that Russell Westbrook could be. It didn't work out last season, but you want it to. If he's on the roster, you want him to have success. And him going to minicamp is only going to help get you there, get you to that point. Even if, even if your end goal is not, we want a successful roster with Russell Westbrook on it, your end goal can still be, we want to see Russell Westbrook traded somewhere else. That's fine. But you only help the Lakers in their position if he goes to minicamp. He's fitting well with the team. And midseason, there's teams that are saying, you know what? Russell Westbrook, maybe he's not that bad. Maybe last season was an outlier. Maybe he really can help us. Maybe that expiring contract has some more value to it. That's the ideal situation. So I don't look at this report that he is going to this minicamp as a bad thing. I saw a lot of Lakers fans that responded as though this was a negative development. I don't take it that way. I think, if anything, on a Lakers team that we saw LeBron and, and Russell Westbrook not interact, right? Some people say you're overreacting to this sort of thing, but they did not interact at Summer League. And everybody came by and said hi to LeBron. Everybody, except for Russell Westbrook. That matters. The Lakers have been trying to trade Russell Westbrook all summer. Everybody knows it, despite the fact that they've said every complimentary thing they can about Russ, whether it's LeBron, whether it's Rob Palenka, whether it's Patrick Beverly, Jeannie Buss, it doesn't matter. Everybody has been saying all these super complimentary things and trying to smooth things over. Look, everybody knows exactly what's going on. The Lakers have been trying to move him. If they can't, you want to try to smooth things over as much as you can. You don't want a tumultuous relationship going into the season. So him going to minicamp, that can help. Maybe the, the LeBron-Russ relationship. After all the reports about how LeBron wants Kyrie, get rid of Russ, LeBron wants Kyrie, that can help. Right, Going to minicamp can help. Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly, long history between those two guys. Minicamp can help to smooth that over as well. Give them an opportunity to see eye to eye as teammates starting at minicamp. So I think this is a positive development for the Lakers. Russell Westbrook going. The alternative doesn't help anybody. Him just saying, no, well, I'm not even going because I don't like you guys and you've been trying to trade me. And Story no matter what. If he goes, it's a story. If he doesn't go, it's a story. I'd rather have it be the former, where he goes, and then you go from there if you're the, you're the Lakers. So, uh, again, not buying too much into any kind of negativity around him appearing at the minicamp. Now, Mark Stein also reported, said he's confirmed now, that the Lakers have no intention of sending Russell Westbrook home. They're not going to pull a John Wall with him. And I've talked about this. I've said that would be my preference. I've said this makes sense. There were a few reports uh, sprinkled throughout the summer that maybe the Lakers might consider doing that. They might just consider saying, you know what, Russ, it's not going to work. It's never going to work. Go home. I've said all along, even, whether you are uh, whether you love Russell Westbrook or you don't, you just you hate the guy and you want him nowhere you're, near your team, you have to admit that from a business perspective, paying someone $47 million to not play basketball for you when he's a professional basketball player, that has to be your last resort. It has to be. Right, You've got Darvin Ham coming in. You have to at least, even if you are incredibly skeptical that it's going to work, you have to at least give it a shot. You have to at least try it. If you can't find a trade, you have to at least try it and see if Darvin Ham can figure out a way to make it work. Because spending $47 million to have a guy sit at home on the couch, that's not good business. That's not what you want for the Lakers. That doesn't help you even. It doesn't help his trade value. It doesn't do anything like that. It, you can argue it helps you win basketball games. Maybe you could say the chemistry, the fit of the team is so much better that even without Russell Westbrook's talent, which let's face it, he's still a talented player, you're better off without him. Maybe. But you need to know for sure, 100%, before 
before you make that call. So I didn't see a scenario where it made sense for the Lakers to send Russell Westbrook home. So Mark Stein's report that the Lakers will not do that makes all kinds of sense. It's got the ring of truth to it. I don't see any reason to send Russell Westbrook home before you're giving Darvin Ham a shot, a chance to make it work. Look, he said he's got plans. He's got ideas for how it's going to work with Russ, that Russ is going to buy in. I don't think it's going to work. I've said it. I've said it a bunch of times. I'm skeptical. I'm going to remain skeptical until we see it on the floor because we didn't see it last season. If we saw some glimmers last season, I'd say, well, okay, this game, that day, this, this situation, this worked. Okay, yeah, there's something that can work here. We didn't see it. We didn't see it last season, so I will remain skeptical. I don't think Russell Westbrook's going to work with this team this year. If he's on the team, though, I hope it does. I hope we get to celebrate Russell Westbrook working out with the team. I hope he's able to find a way to make it work because that's a good thing for everybody, regardless of what you want the end result to be with Russ, whether you want him on the team or you don't. All right, let's move on. Alex Epps said, we must start supporting Westbrook. Let's get number 18. Yeah, look, I, again, I'm skeptical that it's going to work, but if he's wearing that jersey, I hope everything works great for him. I hope that he's able to come in and do all the things that we hope he would do. Hope he sets screens. I hope he defends at a high level. I hope he makes that transition and he surprises us all. I would love nothing more than that. That would be fantastic. All right. Uh, Kid Intel said, I feel like Turner could end up like Dennis Schroeder, only playing for a contract. The Jazz gives us more team players. So that's something that's interesting. Uh, Miles Turner, would he just put in a great year where he's just focused on his own numbers, like statistically a strong year for himself, but not a team first year? I suppose that's a fair criticism, but let's look at some of the salaries here. Um, let me pull up some of the salaries here for the Jazz. We have an idea of who's on an expiring contract and who's not and who might kind of be in that same that same realm. So you have Mike Conley uh, is $24 million the, in two seasons. So this coming season, 22.6, 24.3, the season after that, about $14 million of that second season is guaranteed, which I, I need to talk a bit more about Mike Conley in a bit. So he wouldn't be in that, that camp, right? He's certainly not just playing for his next contract, especially at 34, going on 35 years old. Boyan Bogdanovich, could be playing for his next contract. 33 years old, 19.5 million. If you're going to say Miles Turner could be a guy that's just a me first player that's just playing for his next contract, you'd have to say the same about Bogdanovich, although I th will throw in the caveat at 33 years old, he's been in the league long enough. Maybe he's at a point where he's not as worried about that next deal. So we can add that in there. Uh, Malik Beasley, uh, one year under contract at 15.5 million and then another year at 16.5 with a team option. Yeah, there's going to be some incentive for him to be a team first player or a me first player. I mean, there Jordan Clarkson has a player option, 13.3 million this season, 14.2 the season after that. Uh, so he could also be a free agent. So you could also apply that to Jordan Clarkson, 30 years old. If he has a great season, does he opt out and then find a three, four year deal somewhere? That's something to consider as well. Rudy Gay, 36 years old, veteran. I don't think you're necessarily worrying about that with him. Jared Vanderbilt, 4.3 million this season, a non-fully guaranteed 4.7 million the season after that. I don't think he would be at risk of hitting free agency either. So there are a few players on the Jazz where maybe you worry about that dynamic a little bit in some kind of a trade with them. We're talking about specifically Malik Beasley, Jordan Clarkson, both of those guys have the potential to be free agents after this season. Malik Beasley, though, again, having a team option, that would be pretty attractive to me if I'm the Lakers because then I can make the decision on that. Jordan Clarkson with a player option could cash out, particularly at his age, 30 years old. God, how is Jordan Clarkson 30 years old already? Feels like it was just yesterday. He was just starting with the Lakers as a rookie. I know he was an older rookie, but still, that's crazy. Um, but Jordan Clarkson may be looking for that last you know, solid contract where he's looking for multiple years. So maybe you have that there. But again, I think I agree in that the Jazz deal probably offers more of those team first guys. If you want to talk about Mike Conley, if you want to talk about Bogdanovich, I still believe, though, that the upside of the Turner and the Heald deal is just higher than any kind of package you can get from the Utah Jazz. Uh, Jonathan Gillespie, how can my brand become a sponsor of the show? Shoot me a DM over on, uh, over on Twitter, at Trevor underscore Lane. Shoot me a DM over there. Uh, or send me uh, an email, which you can also find uh, on my Twitter account. 
Senpai NFT said, if Russ is on the roster, they're doomed. Said this last season when they traded for him. It won't work. Ham isn't making it work. It won't work. I agree. I don't think it's going to work. I will remain skeptical. But again, if you're the Lakers, you have to at least give it a shot. You have to. Got to give it a chance. Uh, are they doomed? I don't know. Are we looking at Russell Westbrook? If he's on the team, are we just assuming the Lakers season is over before it started? And if that's the case, should we even be excited for this coming season? Like, I'm I'm excited. I don't, I don't want to be the wet blanket. I don't want to diminish that excitement. I'm excited for the coming season. I can't wait to get basketball back. We get football back this week. Starts up on Thursday. The Rams and the Bills. Can't wait for that. Then we're going to basketball back in, a, in four weeks from today. We're going to basketball back. I don't want to diminish that excitement and just assume the Lakers are done for if Russell Westbrook's on the roster. Look, again, I'll be skeptical, but I'm not going to be too doom and gloom. Uh, Alex F, the 2020 Rockets were the four seed with Russ and Harden. If you put AD on the 2020 Rockets, they'd win a title. So if Russ, Harden, AD can win a title, so can Russ, LeBron, AD. They were also, um, they built that team around Russ. They built that team with shooters. The Lakers didn't do that. If you look at this roster, and again, I'm not saying I dislike the Lakers offseason. I think I, li- I like a lot of the moves that they made. I think they saw, they learned from what worked last season, finding guys who were kind of second or even third draft players who were younger, didn't work out in previous locations, and they found ways to make them work, the young legs with the Lakers last season. So they took that and they applied that into free agency. They went and got guys who didn't quite work out with their other franchises, Lonnie Walker, Troy Brown Jr., grabbed players like that, and they're going to use them this season. So that makes sense. But if you look at the three-point shooting, that's not there. If you're the Lakers and you are really concerned about how do we get the best out of Russell Westbrook, There's no way in hell you build a roster the way that they did. Zero chance. And again, I like the moves that they made for the Lakers, not for Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook needs shooters around him. He needs floor spacing. The Lakers didn't do that. The Lakers got youth. The Lakers got athleticism. They got guys they think can get up and down the floor. They did not get shooters. That's what you're concerned about. If your goal is we need to turn Russell Westbrook into the MVP version of Russell Westbrook, Well, you are going small, you're surrounding him with all shooters so that defenses can't collapse into the paint as much, and you're giving him that opening to get to the rim. That's what you're doing if your concern is getting the best out of Russell Westbrook, but that's not the goal here. Your goal is to get the best Lakers team. So while the Rockets may have figured out some ways to make things work with Russ, we have to keep in mind that team was also built. I mean, they traded away Clint Capella, their center. That team was built in order to get the most out of him and James Harden. So I don't think that math necessarily directly translates. We're not comparing apples to apples. We look at what the Rockets were trying to do and how the Lakers are trying to build their team. Alex Amberling, look like we we might be stuck with Russ. Better put him in the corner, have him shoot corner threes. Um, Look, if they are stuck with Russ, by the way, guys, I saw some people have mentioned the signal quality is is not that high. Uh, again, apologies if it is. It looks like there could be a little bit of an issue with uh, with the streaming service. So hopefully, fingers crossed, it'll pop back in here in, in just a moment. But uh, Alex Amberling, looks like we might be stuck with Russ. Better put him in the corner, have him shoot corner threes. That's going to be the goal. That's going to be the goal for Darvin Ham on the offensive end is to use him as a corner three shooter, to use him in the dunker spot, use him as a screener. Let him slash. That's what they're going to be looking to do with him. Uh, Andrew said, I talked to LN with Chris Masters at All Pro Wrestling. Awesome. Awesome. In fact, I just talked to Chris a couple of days ago, and uh, and he was talking about how much he wants to get back, uh, back on here really soon. So hopefully we'll see him on here, but appreciate it. Appreciate the super chat. Guys, I know I'm seeing the comments here saying the, the stream quality is low and all that. I've, there's nothing I can do on that. I've got the the message here saying that it's something with uh, the system. So hopefully it will improve here as we go through. Apologies for that. Everything on my end is as good as it can get. 
Uh, Straightway Georgia said, would you do Conley, Clarkson, Gay, and Vanderbilt for Russ, Gabriel, and two firsts? So in a jazz deal, I'd be hesitant to give up both firsts. I just don't know if the upside is there. Mike Conley is somebody we need to talk about, though, because there have been some little rumblings that the Lakers and the Jazz are talking and all that. Nothing from like a source that I, I know and that I can say this is legit or anything like that. And this time of year, we get people kind of popping up out of the woodworks. But I've seen some of the reports going around. Mike Conley, I think, is really interesting. I've seen a lot of Lakers fans who have said they don't want Mike Conley. I wonder if, and I, and I get it, look, contractually, I don't think Mike Conley is exactly what you want if you're the Lakers either. I don't think Mike Conley is what you want. I mean, he's got $24 million this season, 23 and change this season, 24 million next season. It's non-guaranteed, but 14 million of it is guaranteed. So you'd have to pay him $14 million to go away if you want to exercise that non-guaranteed portion of of the contract and send him away. That's not great. Like if, if he had 1 million guaranteed, then it's almost an expiring contract. But at 14, that's a lot of money to pay a guy to go away just to clear up that $10 million. Otherwise, that you would have to pay him to play for you. But I will say this. I, I do wonder with Mike Conley, are we focusing too much on the playoffs? I know he didn't look good in the playoffs, and I'm not saying you should just dismiss that. But if you look at his advanced metrics, you go into cleaning the glass, he actually looked pretty good defensively last season. He rated out pretty highly as a defensive guard last season during the regular season. Did he tire out during the playoffs? Was he just running on fumes? By that point, maybe that's something to consider. Um, the three-point shooting. He is a consistent three-point shooter, shoots over 40% from deep. At least he did so last season. That can matter too. Now, again, he's older. I would rather take chances on younger players. We saw what happens when you have too many older players on your roster. We saw that last season. But I don't know if we can just assume that Mike Conley is the guy that we saw struggling in the playoffs after he had a good, not great regular season. Can you get more of that out of particularly with the skill set? If he can defend, if he can knock in threes at a high degree. And if you have Patrick Beverly there as well to play with him and eat up some of those minutes. And you're talking about Mike Conley playing 25 minutes a night tops and Patrick Beverly eating up the, the, the remainder of the minutes or, or however you want to see that breakdown. Maybe with the two of them combined, they could take a little bit of the burden off of each other and you can get higher performances out of both of them. It's interesting. Again, it wouldn't be ideal. It's not like I'd be adding the, anything into the into the deal. It's not like I'd be saying, hey, I'll throw in an extra second-round pick if you'll put Mike Conley in the deal, Utah. No, I wouldn't be going there. That's for sure. I would not be going that far. However, what I would be, be interested in is whether or not we have overlooked Mike Conley, whether or not we're buying into what we saw in the playoffs too much and we're too dismissive of what he did in the regular season. Let's see what else we've got going on here. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <laughs> sent by NFT says I'll need a therapist if Russ is still on the team. Oh man, but let's let's hope not. Let's hope not. Let's hope you don't actually need a therapist just if Russ is on the team. I know. Look, last season was tough. Last season was not was not ideal for the Lakers. I'm going to try one thing here to see if it makes our our stream any better. I'm still getting the message that 
Um, we don't have a good, strong feed. And I know I see you guys saying, hey, look, it's not, it's laggy and all that kind of stuff. Again, I have everything set up to the best that we can, but give me a second here. Let me see. Try one thing. Try one thing. Uh, does not look like it did. Looks like I'm getting the same, same quality here. I'll try one more thing. Yep. Still so far looking the same. Uh, again, apologies for having issues there, but, um, everything, everything is, topped out on my end here there's something going on with uh with it looks like the streaming service itself then uh sean remo said is there any way we can trade for just miles turner then try to get harrison barnes cam reddish wouldn't that fix all of our problems i don't know if you're going to get harrison barnes uh right now in a trade maybe mid-season you can work on something like that uh could you trade for just miles turner yeah and then you would be getting a big trade exception so if you got the pacers to eat the difference in between Turner's salary and Westbrook's salary, then you would generate a big trade exception. That would be a pretty massive trade exception. It would be like a $30 million trade exception that you would generate. Uh, and then could you go get, say, Cam Reddish? Could you go get uh, a Harrison Barnes or something? That would be the idea with a situation like that. It's a little bit more complicated, and I wouldn't just assume that the Pacers would want to eat that salary. I would imagine they would probably prefer to send back Buddy Heald I don't know exactly how much value they put on him. I've seen a lot of Pacers folks, Pacers media, who have characterized Buddy Heald as a neutral value. So if you're worried about future salary, I think they would want Buddy Heald to be in that deal if they're going to do something with the Lakers. Uh, it boggles my mind. This is Russell Westbrook. How can they not work out? Ugh. Watch last season. Let's see what else we've got here. Uh, Zach Roberts said, if Russ is on the team, we're contending for nothing but an eight seed. Love the Lakers, but just being real, got to make a trade. Much love, Trevor. Well, Thank you for the love, first of all. But um, yeah, I mean, look, it, I don't, again, I'm skeptical that Russ will work with the Lakers. But if he's on the team, I'm doing everything they can. I've said for a while that it, they probably top out as like a six seed. But my hope would be that somehow, some way, they could figure out a way to make things click. You give Darvin Ham that chance, that opportunity. Again, I'm not expecting it to work, but I would love to be pleasantly surprised. Mario, are there any teams besides Utah, San Antonio, or Indiana the Lakers could explore a trade with? Yeah, I mean, they could they could explore a trade with anybody. They could explore a trade with the Clippers if they wanted. Uh, it's just those are the teams that seem to have the most incentive to do a deal and have the ability, the contracts, or the cap space in order to do some kind of a deal. One of the things to keep in mind with Utah is they're not going to want to go into the tax for a team that's tanking. So the salaries are going to have to be pretty close in a Russell Westbrook trade with them in order to make something work. Uh, San Antonio, they've got a ton of cap space. Indiana, a ton of cap space. So you don't have to uh, create quite as even of a deal. If you do that, you could do, I don't know, Josh Richardson and Doug McDermott from San Antonio, and then they eat the remainder of Russell Westbrook's salary. And that would be part of the way you would evaluate, evaluate the, the deal itself, is you'd have to keep in mind that you'd be generating a big trade exception for the Lakers because there'd be a big discrepancy in terms of the salary going out from the Spurs compared to the salary going in. But sure, there's other teams that you could try to work deals with. Just those are the three that we've heard, and those are the three that it makes the most sense for the Lakers to try to figure out something with. Uh, Sean said, also, if we trade Russ, we should pick up Dennis. And Dennis Schroeder's still sitting out there. Interesting. There hasn't been a ton of interest in him. We've heard a few teams here and there have popped up every now and then, but still, he's, he's not signed to a team as of this point. If the Lakers do trade him and you don't bring back a point guard, you still have Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Dunn. I don't think you have to run out and go get another point guard. But if you decided you wanted one, if you said, you know what, we're not 100% sure what we're going to get out of Kendrick Dunn this year, we'd feel better if we have another point guard on the roster. 
he's probably the best point guard on the market right now. I'm surprised that he hasn't wound up somewhere. I mean, I understand there's concerns, but he's more talented than a veteran minimum player typically is. He's a talented player. Finding his fit, finding him, making sure that he wants to be on the team and wants to be in the role that teams want him in, which is as a bench scorer, that can cause some challenges. But I'm surprised that Schroeder is still out there. So I wouldn't be against it. I wouldn't be against it because of the value that you're getting for a veteran minimum. Again, most veteran minimum guys don't have the kind of talent that Dennis Schroeder has. Alex, Russ, Bev, Mello, Braun, AD, starting five. I would not be starting Carmelo Anthony at the three. By the way, rumors linking Carmelo Anthony to the Boston Celtics, something Keith Smith and I talked about recently on the front office show, that he would make sense, especially with the Gallinari injury. But uh, Russ, Patrick Beverly, Mello, Mello at the three, I think you're asking for all kinds of problems. He's just not quick enough at this stage in his career, and that's not a knock on him. I wouldn't expect him to be. Joey C, off ball, uh, point guard who hits the three with great IQ, is perfect fit next to LeBron. Conley deal is also not fully guaranteed next year. I would love Conley to the Lakers. He's a nice fit and contract. It's not that bad. It's a 24 million. It's a lot. The next season, if it was 5 million guaranteed out of the 24 million, it would be a little bit easier, right? But at 14 million guaranteed, that's a lot. There's a lot of incentive not to cut him. So you kind of have to look at it as though it's a two-year guaranteed deal. It's not great. It's not a great deal or anything like that. But again, I'm not totally against giving Mike Conley a shot, specifically if, what's his role on the Lakers? What are you going to ask him to do? Defend and shoot threes. That's about it. That's all they need him to do. They're not going to ask him to run the offense a ton or set up everybody else up. Can he do those things? Probably. I mean, not like he could 10 years ago, but he can do some stuff for you in a pinch. But mostly, all you're going to ask him to do is be a spot-up shooter and defend. Now, defense at 35 years old can be difficult. So I don't even know what level of defense you're going to get out of him. But I'm saying I don't want to dismiss him totally just based on what we saw out of him in the playoffs. Well, I've got a lot of people running around saying he's totally washed, he's done. Uh, that might be the case. I just don't want to jump to that conclusion just based on a playoff performance and dismiss everything he did during the regular season. Uh, Manny says, sup, Trev? Sup, Manny? Off topic, but what's your favorite NFL team? So the NFL, I follow the Rams. I'm going to watch the Rams, obviously, because of the LA connection and, and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, my wife is a Cowboys fan, so we wind up watching a lot of Cowboys games in my house as well. However, the NFL is one of the sports leagues where I don't necessarily have a team that I'm particularly set on. And part of that is because growing up in Southern California, the Rams moved away. So I kind of grew up without a local football team to really latch on to. So I usually just wind up rooting for my fantasy players and I've tried to not become attached to any one specific team. Again, I'm going to watch the Rams. I'm going to cheer for the Rams, celebrated the Rams winning the, the Super Bowl this last year and all of that. But I try to make it so I'm not a diehard fan of any particular team because it lets football be one of the few sports that I can just take in and enjoy and enjoy a game for what it is and not be devastated on any particular outcome. You know what I mean? Like, I, I obviously, following the Lakers, I, I live and die with every game, just like you guys do, right? I, I live and die with every single Lakers game. I'm going to overanalyze everything. I'm going to be, they're, they're going to dominate uh, my thoughts and, and all of that, right? That's, that's going to happen with the Lakers. The Dodgers, right? Like, it matters to me if the Dodgers do well or if they don't. Even if you go to the MLS, right? Like, the LA Galaxy is going to be my, my team because I grew up with them. And everything, but NFL is something where I've kind of tried to keep it as the league where I can just enjoy it and not necessarily have a particularly strong rooting interest. And I know people get super passionate about their football teams, and it's great, it's fantastic, I love it. But for me, it, it works to be able to just put on any game on Sunday and enjoy it and not have any particular rooting interest. All right, let's do uh, a few more here. James Bell, I don't mind young guys, but you're not winning a championship with them. You need some veterans. That'd be part of the argument for going and getting a guy like Mike Conley, like Bojan Bogdanovic, 33 years old, 
to give you that veteran presence. Last season, the Lakers had plenty of veteran presence, but maybe too much. You need to have a nice mix. You do need those guys that are going to help get you there, though. Uh, those locker room leaders. Can Conley do that? Can Bogdanovich do that? I don't know. I mean, you don't have like a Jared Dudley, a Rondo on this team to kind of be that locker room leader right now. So that would be one of the benefits of doing a deal with the Jazz that brings back some older players is you can get a little bit of that maturity in the locker room as well, which again, can matter. I still prefer the indie trade just based on the talent that you'd be getting back, the upside you'd be getting back. But there are some pros to doing something with the Jazz if you can find something. Andrew P., let's be real. This is our team for the season. We don't know. Like we, we don't know right now. Now, every day we get closer to training camp, that makes it that much more likely that there is no deal and that this is indeed the team. But until then, we don't know for sure. There's still time for them to work out some kind of a deal. This is, I was talking about this earlier today, actually. This has been a weird offseason. And now it's three weird offseasons in a row in terms of the timing. Typically, this time of year, we're not talking about trades. Typically, the month of August, we're not talking about trades. We had two off seasons in a row during COVID where the timing was all off, right? Like when the Lakers won the championship, we had, what was it, like 70 days or something between winning the championship and the next season starting. So there basically was no off season, right? It was super quick turnaround. And then the next off season. It was also condensed because the league wanted to get things going. They wanted to try to put things back on schedule. Now here we are. We go back to a true full offseason. Like this is, you know, the finals are, are mid-June. They wrap up. Season doesn't start till mid to end of October. So it's a true full offseason like the NBA traditionally has. But then there was the Kevin Durant trade request. And that just shut down the whole league. It shut down all of the business around the league in terms of player movement. And it pushed a lot of stuff into August. That's why suddenly Donovan Mitchell's getting traded mid to end of August. All this stuff is happening because the Kevin Durant trade had everything or non-trade as it were, had everything ground to a halt. So this is now three sort of outlier, bizarre off seasons in a row where our timing is just a mess. So if we look at things and we say, well, this isn't something that is going to happen because we're too close to training camp. Most seasons, we would say, yeah, business isn't like that isn't getting done right now. But because of the Kevin Durant thing, that pushed everything back. So I wouldn't put it past a trade happening. I'm just not saying it's going to. Again, the closer we get to training camp, the less likely it is that a deal happens. Odd Sneakers said, you, don't, you said you don't want to spend two picks for a jazz deal. What do you think about needing one to move Russ and one for other players coming back. If I'm opposing teams, that's how I'm looking at this deal. That's absolutely how I'm looking at it. You need to pay me a first-round pick in exchange for taking on Russell Westbrook, and I need a first-round pick in exchange for giving you players. If I'm the Lakers, though, I can't have that perspective. I can't look at it that way. The reason is this. If you're the Lakers and you give up both first, if you say, oh, you know what? You guys are right. Here's the pick just for taking on Russ and we're going to let you clear money with it. Remember, Russ, his expiring contract, that's a get-out-of-jail-free card for some of these teams, right? You're clearing the second year of Buddy Heald off of your books. You're clearing the second year of Mike Conley off of your books. You're clearing some future salaries. Maybe it's a Jordan Clarkson. You're clearing his salary because you think he's going to pick up that player option. Something like that. You can clear up some future money off your books with Russell Westbrook. So as much as teams want to say, well, Lakers, you have to move Russ, so you have to give us a first, Look, again, if I'm the Pacers, if I'm the Jazz, I am approaching it that way. If I'm the Lakers, you have to think of it as though you are offering them the chance to wipe the slate clean with a massive expiring contract. And the problem is the Lakers don't have any other firsts after this. You give up both of these firsts, you're done. What if there's another trade you need to do later on in the season or the season after? Trying to make a deal is going to be that much more difficult from there. So if you're the Lakers, you can't look at it as though, oh yeah, it's here's no problem. One first for taking Russ, one first for giving us the players, let's go. That might be fair, and that might really be the, the best way to look at it. But for the Lakers, you have to look at it as, is this deal giving me everything I need to compete? Because after this, I'm really stuck. I'm really, really, there's always some wiggle room. There's always things you can do. Maybe you put together, I don't know, 
Clarkson and Bogdanovich or something as an expiring contract and a scorer off the bench. And you make some sort of move later on. Right. But in terms of draft capital, you don't have a lot to grease the wheels of a train. So if you're going to give up your best draft assets that you've got left, you've got to be sure this is what's going to propel you to a championship. And if that deal, the deal that they're looking at is not that they look at it and they say, we are not a Jordan Clarkson, a Mike Conley away from winning a championship. You can't give up both those first. That's the mentality of the Lakers. And that's out of necessity. Again, I understand if other teams want to look at it that way, it's a first for us. It's a first for the players that are coming back. I get it. If I was them, I would be looking at it that way too. But for the Lakers, it's not necessarily about that. It's about, does this get us where we want to go? And if the answer is no, then you can't put in both first because of how much it limits you moving forward. All right, let's do a few more. Does trading for Conley save, a, save us a first? That's another interesting thing. If you do put Conley in the deal, could the Lakers then argue that, hey, we're clearing his salary for next season off of your books? He doesn't have a lot of value. We're going to hold back a first-round pick because Conley's in it. Now, I think the, the Jazz are still hoping to get value from Conley. But if it's if you say, you know what, we're going to take Conley instead of Vanderbilt or something like that, does that allow you to save a first? Maybe. Are you a Lakers season ticket holder? No, I'm not a Lakers season ticket holder. Typically, when I go to games, I go um, on a, a press credential. So I don't have season tickets for, for the Lakers or, or anything like that. Uh, your favorite match, your favorite Lakers matchup for the year. Uh, the Christmas Day matchup with the Mavs, I'm pretty excited for. I think that's going to be a really good one. I, anytime they take on the Clippers is obviously, uh, well, I don't want to say it's fun. They've lost a lot to the Clippers lately. But that's always one that's going to gener generate a little bit more excitement. Games against the Celtics, of course, are going to generate quite a bit of excitement as well. But really, the one that my favorite one, the one I can't wait for, it's the it's the next one. Whatever the next game is, I believe it's against Sacramento uh, for preseason because I can't wait for the Lakers to get this season off and running and finally for us to get basketball back out on the floor. I am ready for that. Kid Intel, the video Russ took on the boat was in Utah at Lake Powell. Yeah, I know. I know. But look, we do this stuff during the offseason where we're, I mean, remember during the Kawhi saga, we're tracking planes. Trying to, oh, his plane is flying to LA. What does this mean, right? I, I'm going to try not to read too much into anything until we hear something official. Look, he's on a boat somewhere. People say maybe it's it's Lake Powell. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. But it's also possible that he's just taking a vacation. Doesn't necessarily mean that he's there to join the Utah Jazz and some deal is already done. I would think if a deal was done to the point where Russell Westbrook was already there and visiting, we would have heard about it, right? Like somebody would have heard that a deal was done and it would be getting out right now. It would have been already out if that if that was the case. So I'm going to remain skeptical. I don't want to get too caught up in, oh my gosh, did you see where Russ was or or something? Or, oh, was that an old Lakers shirt he was wearing at the training facility? Does that mean it's an old picture and he's not really there? Oh, maybe something's really happening. I know that kind of stuff's fun, the conspiracy theories and stuff, but I'm going to try to not buy into too much of that stuff until something concrete comes out. Vector Nova, if we're keeping Russ to the deadline, what's the point of the Patrick Beverly trade? Uh, we'll probably be under 500 by then. If we move THT and Stanley Johnson to win now, if the Lakers want to win this year, then the picks are of no consequence. Well, there's also opportunity cost. And I'm not saying you're wrong for looking at the picks that way, because I think there is a legitimate argument you can make that, you know, why do the Lakers care about picks? If they've got LeBron, LeBron signed a two-year contract, he signed that extension and everything, and you need to go win right now, period. Just go win right now, do whatever it takes, make it happen. But even if that's your mindset, remember, this trade, whatever it is, if you're going to give up both picks, this has to be the deal that pushes you over the top. So if you are the Lakers, there's an opportunity cost to dealing Russ right now. That opportunity cost is you don't get to see if Darvin Ham can make it work with Russell Westbrook. Again, I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's reasonable to assume that it's going to work, but there's a chance. There's some multiverse out there where, where Russell Westbrook clicks with the Lakers and they go on to do something great. 
That's possible. That's your opportunity cost. Your other opportunity cost is whatever trade they could find before the deadline, right? That's your other, if you trade him now, if you just have the mindset of give up the picks, get rid of him now, your opportunity cost is whatever that future trade would be by the deadline. Who knows? Maybe somebody that's really good that we're not even talking about becomes disgruntled midway through the season, team's looking to get out of the situation, and there's the Lakers standing there with a giant expiring contract, couple of first-round picks, off you go. You get something done there. That is also something that you have to consider uh, with that type of situation. So the Patrick Beverly trade, yeah, it makes sense for the Lakers to try to win right now. I think that's what they'd like to do. They just want to be careful that they find the right deal. Now, I think there's been there's been a little bit of discussion recently about the Lakers not wanting to take on future salary in any kind of deal. That is a little bit more concerning. And Vector, if, if that's what you're thinking of as well, that doesn't make a lot of sense in terms of if your goal is to win right now, absorbing future salary shouldn't be that big of a deal. Unless you're really looking at this as though, oh, hey, that $30 million in cap space we're going to have next summer is somehow going to yield a star level player and we're okay just effectively punting this season killing time running out the clock until we can get to next summer and sign that star level player and then there we go with a 38 heading towards 39 year old lebron james that's that's the plan if that is actually actually the plan then vector i think your criticism is absolutely right um those those picks that future cap space that shouldn't be what you're necessarily worried about if your goal is to appease LeBron James, punting this season after doing the trade for Patrick Beverly doesn't make sense, right? If you're going to trade for Patrick Beverly, who's on an expiring deal, and you want to get the most out of him, you need to do stuff that's going to help you win this season. Now, again, maybe that happens in November. Maybe it happens in December. In January, it could happen at the trade deadline in February. It doesn't have to happen right this second. But you don't do the Patrick Beverly trade if your plan is to reserve cap space for the future and not do things to help you win right now. Because if that's the case, and you're running out the clock on this season, then keep the guy who's 21. Keep the guy who's 26, and have them next year when they're 22 and 27, and they're that much better. Thank you, Dante Simmons, for the, the super chat. Appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Jonathan Taylor, did you see the Tony Jones tweet about the Jazz and the Lakers? There were a few that I saw. If you're talking about the older one, then yes. But let me see if there's something new that I didn't see. I don't see anything new on this unless I missed it. Yeah, I don't see him saying anything specifically about the Lakers other than just seeing something on them listening on a trade. They're listening to offers and things like that for their players. Look, everybody knows that the Jazz are going to try to move on. It doesn't make any sense for the Jazz to have. Look, they're, they're tanking. It doesn't make sense for them to have Mike Conley, Bogdanovich, Clarkson, any of those guys. It doesn't make sense for them to have them anymore. So it's very obvious that they're going to try to make some kind of trade, that they're going to be all ears listening for any kind of deal, that they're going to be aggressive trying to make something happen there. That's why if any deal happens, as much as I like the Pacers trade, I think it's more likely to be the Jazz trade because the Pacers can still sell themselves on, well, you know, Miles Turner, we can find something else for him. Heck, maybe we keep him. He's not that old. Maybe we keep him as part of our future. The Pacers can sell themselves on those things. The Jazz... What are you going to do with Bogdan Bogdanovich? I'm sorry, Boyan Bogdanovich. You're, you're doing nothing with him. You're wasting him just sitting on your roster. Same thing with Mike Conley. Same thing with Clarkson and all these other guys. By the time you're good, they're long gone. So the Jazz, I think, are going to be the more motivated seller compared to the Pacers. So that's something that I think is a factor as well. Uh, how about Fournier, Cam, Rose, and a first? If the math works on that, which I think it's pretty close to it, I don't know if that's exactly the firepower that you want if you're the Lakers. Fournier can shoot the three, so that's 
but he's got two years under contract. Cam Reddish is going to need a new contract after this year. I think Rose has a couple of years under contract as well. I don't remember if it's a team option or player option in the final year for Rose, but it's okay if that's something the Knicks want to do, if they want to clear some future salary. You're not taking on Julius Randle in a deal, which I still think is probably going to be the Lakers' mindset. You're not going to want to absorb that long-term salary. But I don't know if there's anything there, unless you're saying the Knicks are giving up a first in exchange for clearing that salary, then maybe that's something that's interesting where you can just swap out some role players and and off you go. Um, but if you're the Lakers and you're giving up a first, I'd probably be talking to the Jazz and the Pacers uh, on their deals overdoing something like that. Kyle Fontania, is it possible we have to go to a three-team trade with the Magic and get Chuma, Chuma Okiki? For example, getting Turner with the Pacers and instead of healed, we get Chuma. Not sure how the math works. Maybe, I mean, I, I, I don't know exactly how the Magic are looking at things. They're going to want to keep their younger players. They're going to want to build for the future. I don't know if I see them as a natural trade partner, although they have worked pretty well with the Lakers in the past. That's another part of this. Part of the reason why I think the Jazz deal is significantly more likely than a Pacers deal because we just saw the Jazz and the Lakers pull off a trade. When you've got that working relationship, you've got those kind of lines of communication open, sometimes it can be easier just to continue to make deals. Like we've seen the Lakers make some consistent deals with the Orlando Magic. I don't have any sense for why the Magic would want to get involved with something like this, though. They've got their young guys. That's what they're going to do. They're going to build from there. JJ Ramirez, just like to say, I appreciate your videos. Uh, help make the ride work better. Laker fans, good night. Well, thank you, JJ. Very much appreciate that. Very much appreciate that. And with that, why don't we wrap things up there? Um, thank you guys for coming in and, and joining me. Apologies if there were video issues. I know the sound is usually just fine, even if the video is a little bit off. I don't know what was going on with uh, the system today, but hopefully we won't have those problems in the future. But thank you guys for battling through it. Do appreciate it. Again, we're four weeks away from the Lakers returning to the floor. I can't wait to see it. Who knows? Might there still be some fireworks left on the trade market? Thanks, everybody. Make sure you do follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.